0: Hello and welcome everybody wherever you are in the world. My name is Paul Ryan. I'm founder of PrescriptionRevision.com and I'm a GP and pharmacist based here in Ireland. I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics and really enjoy making the latest international guidance relevant to those of us at the cold face of primary care. So today is the first in a three-part podcast series on travel medicine. I'm going to com- cover a number of topics today, including general advice that I give to people travelling abroad. Traveler's diarrhea, mosquito avoidance, malaria prophylaxis, typhoid, and a vaccine against typhoid, tetanus, and Hep A. So, to start with general advice, I usually break general advice into. Um, Advice given before they travel, and then advice when they're on their flights. uh, when they're on the flight, and then advice when they're over at their destination. So before they travel, before they travel, so I I advise to make sure that their passport is in date, that to photo their passport and their return air ticket, and to email them both to, to themselves and also a friend in case they're misplaced. Next thing I advise is take out travel insurance prior to going. And um, there's a particular website called fitfortravel.nhs.uk that's really good and gives great advice and gives advice on the vaccines that they'll need as well. So obviously then the next part of the, the conversation will be about vaccines. And for the majority of patients we see in our clinic, um, it's hep A, typhoid and tetanus vaccines that they need. And it's also important to talk about influenza because uh, the flu vaccine, because they often travel in crowded places and visit crowded places. So um, it's just important to note that. Uh, also for them to secure their home and not to announce on social media that they're uh, that they're going on holidays. So the next part of my advice is regarding the flight. So I advise patients to make sure that their regular medications are kept in their hand luggage and labelled when they're on the flight, especially long-haul flights, to mobilize up and down the flight. Um, regarding jet lag, eastward travel is more difficult to adjust to than westward travel. So, and, and finally, then, during pregnancy, flying is generally not recommended after the 36th week of gestation. And if the lady is expecting twins, it's the 32nd week. And the final part of uh, the general advice is when the patient has reached their destination to ensure that they put on sun cream um, that has a high sun protection factor as well as putting on the DEET spray. And I'm gonna talk more in detail about this um, in a little while. And um, also for them to drink bottled water versus tap water. Now for the second part of this podcast, I'm going to talk about traveler's diarrhea. Now, traveler's diarrhea is the most common illness affecting travelers. It can occur anywhere, although highest, the highest risk destinations are in Asia, except for Japan and South Korea. The other high risk, highest risk destinations are the Middle East, Africa, Mexico, and Central and South America. People pick up traveler's diarrhea through the faecal oral route through contaminated water. So I advise all us, if possible, to drink bottled water not tap water in these countries. Also for the for the traveller to avoid ice or food washed in tap water, such as salads or fruit, and uh, following on from that to avoid certain street vendors uh, if they're washing their teeth uh, to smell the water to uh for the uh for the chlorine. Um as per antibiotic prescribing guidelines at IE and um, they should limit we should limit the prescription of antibacterial to be carried abroad so ciprofloxacin 750 milligram is a single dose if the if illness develops if the patient is in a remote area and an episode of infective diarrhea could be dangerous for the majority of people going abroad they will not be in these remote areas so they, there is no need for uh, antibiotics to be given to uh, patients to be taken abroad now for the third part of this podcast, I'm going to talk about mosquito avoidance. So mosquitoes um, transmit zika, yellow fever, and malaria. So these are all mosquito-borne illnesses. So in order to reduce the risk of, of these um illnesses, I advise for the for, for the traveller to keep the windows closed and the air conditioning on. For people to wear trousers and long sleeves, uh, preferably light in colour. For them not to wear perfumes or aftershaves or perfume soaps or shampoo, all which tend to attract mosquitoes. Regarding DEET, it needs to be at least 30%, which will last about 6 hours. Uh, 50% DEET, then is a higher concentration, lasts about 12 hours. The advice is to apply DEET after sunscreen and then to reapply after swimming. Finally, uh, to remember that DEET is a plasticizer, so it can damage plastics and fabrics. Now, for the next part of this podcast, I'm going to talk about malaria prophylaxis. So, malaria uh, prophylactic tablets help to stop the infection establishing. They do not stop malaria parasites entering your body. So I think I, I'll just stress this to patients. So so there are two main types. There's malarone and then there's doxycycline. Malarone contains tovaquin and proguanil. They should be taken with food or milky drink to ensure maximum absorption. The patient should take it to, it take it two days before entering the region, every day while there, and then for one week after leaving. Side effects include abdominal pain, headache, nausea, vomiting or diarrhea. And this can occur in greater than 1 in 10 people. The next uh, tablet to talk about is doxycycline. So it's given at a, at a dose of 100 mg daily, two days before entering the region, just like malarone, but for one month after leaving the region. So that's the reason why a lot of people opt for the malarone as opposed to the doxycycline. Between one in ten and one in hundred people may get headache, nausea, vomiting, and photosensitivity. So I ensure I advise for patients to uh, wear good sun protect uh, SPF cream. And between one in a in thousand people may suffer from thrush or dyspepsia. Um, the main advantage of doxycycline is that it's actually cheaper than malarone Now I always advise people to go to the Fit for Travel website. And it'll uh, go to the uh, there's malaria maps for each one of the countries, and it'll tell you which um, areas have malaria, and then what what is the preferred um, uh, anti-malarial tablet in that region. So next, I'm going to talk about typhoid. Typhoid is a bacterial disease, um, and it's very contagious. The patient can be a carrier of typhoid. We know the of the infamous typhoid Mary um which is actually an extraordinary story in itself um and it shows the value uh, even back then and today of hand washing and the po- in importance of hand washing so typhoid is picked up uh, from fecally contaminated uh, water uh, so it's a, a waterborne disease and is an increased risk if the patient is trekking the the vaccine is typhim uh, and it's given Every three years. So, one vaccine will last three years. So, it can actually also be combined with HEPA in Hepatirex or Vitamin. Now, the next part in my podcast, I'm going to discuss tetanus. So, the spores of Clostridium tetani from soil or manure get into broken skin, um, and this, these spores produce a toxin which causes muscle spasms or lockjaw tetanus is present in every country of the world so that along with HepA and typhoid tend to be the three main vaccines that we give uh, patients so travelers to any part of the world should be vaccinated in case they get cuts or puncture wounds animal bites or burns and the brand names are Ravaxis, in which tetanus is combined with diphtheria and polio and boostrix in which uh, diphtheria is combined or in which tetanus is combined with uh, diphtheria and pertussis so once you give a booster it lasts 10 years so next up is Hepatitis A so Hepatitis A is a viral illness which is picked up also from contaminated water Uh, it comes from bivalve uh, shellfish so these tend to be filter feeders uh, such as mussels, oysters and clams and the issue is when these are undercooked so vaccination against Hep A is advised in all countries of the world except Australia, New Zealand, Western Europe, Canada, US, Japan, and Republic of Korea and Singapore. So the rule is that it's um, vaccination against hep A in all all countries except the ones that I listed. A vaccine um, gives immunity for three years and Havrix gives immunity for five years. It is advised that if a booster is given after six to 12 months of Hep A you get long-term protection, so greater than 20 years protection. HEPA also comes in combination with Hep B in a product called Twinrix and it's usually given at time zero, at one month and then at six months. Even though that only gives 1.5 doses of HEPA in total, this is accepted as a full course. The boost of vaccine is unlikely needed for another twenty-five years. Now, an interesting point about Havrix pediatric is that the pediatric dose should be given from age one years of age to fifteen years of age. So, if you have a if you have um, a patient in front of you, for example, we say a big rugby player, and he doesn't, uh, he's fifteen years of age, he still gets the Havrix uh, pediatric dose, as opposed to the uh, the adult dose. So that brings me to the end of of today's podcast. I hope you find it useful and I'm looking forward to delivering the next podcast. Thank you.